welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are easy. Brett, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> I don't know if you're waiting on me. It's, it's the first time we've done this. <laughs> Can't get a silent countdown or something. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, B. Jones, and yes, that was the dry run to the new intro uh, by Fresh. I appreciate you, sir, getting on your, your, your thizzle thing, getting that thing all set up and everything. What's going on? Man, you know, out here uh, quarantined up on my uh, COVID, you know, um, as I regress, I progress. And, you know, we got the fish tank, green screen. We trying to do big things. I know. Now nah, we just need some light, you know, to shine because you're shining <laughs> over there. <laughs> nah, man, I'm from the darker side of the moon. So, you know, we stay over here. Shock the boy wonder. Jason or Michael Myers, whoever that is in the corner over there. BFBG, Faison, what's yes, up? Yes, yes, yes. I am good. Hard to talk on this thing, but it's good. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, relieve myself of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, all is well uh, here. Family safe. I'm safe. And hopefully uh, the circle and the circle around that circle of my friend and family are safe as well. Yes, yes. As you can see, uh, most of us are extremely prepared for the coronavirus. I'm on the BJ now, man. What's going on down bottom, sir? Hey, we bless the highly favored, as always, man. No complaints. No complaints, man. And our special guest this week, we talking all things Black-owned, uh, Black-owned businesses, Black-owned DC, Miss Jacqueline Millender. What's going on? Uh, bless the highly favored. Here we go. Thank I you know that's right. Us. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Jackie is a close friend, close, close friend, family, uh, uh, my lady sister and everything, but she's a serial entrepreneur, um, very big on supporting black businesses. Um, she's had several businesses of her own. And so we're going to spend the, uh, the episode today just uh, highlighting the importance of supporting those black businesses, especially in these times uh, when dealing with this uh, coronavirus and the impacts that it's having on small business all over. But particularly our black owned businesses, uh, especially in the DMV area where we are, where, where she and I, you know, hail. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. No issues. No issues. So how are you faring in this, uh, this pandemic right now? Oh, like I said, I, I am blessed and highly favored. I haven't, you know, had too many, you know, issues. You know, I'm here with my family just looking after my people, they looking after me, you know, so we're good, you know, we're good, you know, God has really, like, put us in a, in a good place during this time, I feel like he's keeping us, you know, and so I can't complain. Awesome, awesome, so we mentioned the serial entrepreneurism, but I didn't go into, into much depth, uh, so I know my earliest uh, knowledge of you jumping into that space and owning your own business uh, was the uh, wedding plan in the DIY network, and then you got into project management, um, some business consulting with B B three, B three C, and then now Black owned DC. So give us a little um, little background on all of those things and how you got from one to the next. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I started out, I joined the military when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, that wasn't necessarily like out of patriotism <laughs> or anything, <laughs> but, you know, just honestly survival. You know, I was like, I had moved around a lot through high school and uh, college was like something that wasn't necessarily like realistic to me. It was like, oh, that would be great. My sisters were both going to school, you know, but for me, I was living, a, I feel like a more real world. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I really want to make some money. I really want to be stable. I want to have financial security. I was looking at all my options and I ended up joining the military. And um, while I was in the military, I think just going to the military so young helped me to see things. Um, I, you know, I was in the military with a lot of older people who had been in the military for a long time, had been doing that, you know, been in the workforce for a long time. And I saw that there's really no way out of the workforce except for, you know, retirement. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> spent all my life working for somebody else and then retire like you know I don't care how much money you know in the end like that doesn't sound like a good situation to me so I looked into entrepreneurship um I had always been creative been good at organizing and event planning so that's how I got into the wedding industry and um the, and I learned so much in the wedding industry I was in for about five years and I did a lot of different things. I taught workshops. I did wedding expos. I coordinated weddings. Um, so I got a lot of experience. But at the end of the day, I, I did want to do something more purposeful. And, um, and so I was able to take that experience from the wedding industry and apply it towards uh, Black-owned D.C. And Black-owned D.C. came out of, you know, working with small businesses, doing small, like consulting, social media having a small business and you realize like, wow, it's a whole different ball game for black owned businesses. You know, it's like, we don't have the necessary like support and channels and uh, access to technology to really promote ourselves the way other businesses do. And even when we do have that access to those things, we don't always have the funding, you know, to apply towards it. And so I really wanted to make it easier for people like me, a small black business owner, um, to succeed. And so that's how I came up with the concept of Black Owned DC. And um, that's kind of the, the journey that brought me to where I am today. It's funny you mentioned the funding because, um, you know, as we all know, we've discussed it before, access to capital is one of the major hurdles for any black owned business. Um, and even in this pandemic where they're giving out, you know, these small business loans, uh, the payroll protection and stuff, a lot of black owned businesses are still uh, struggling to even qualify for these loans because, you know, most black owned businesses are sole proprietorships, so they don't have employees or mm -hmm. enough employees to even qualify for it. And then even when it comes to expanding your business, even outside of, you know, this uh, troubling time, if it was just general, you know, general uh, working or running economy, it's very hard for black owned businesses to even qualify for loans or even get fully funded uh, loans to even expand their business. So what ways do you see um, that kind of changing within the atmosphere of black owned businesses, especially within, you know, the circle and the ones that you have close contact with? Right, right. So, um, 
I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just reading a statistics only about 3% of black businesses even get SBA loans mm -hmm. outside of Corona, you know, so we're not typically getting, you know, funding to run our businesses. We're using our own cash or, or, you know, getting money from friends and family, you know, or we're, you know, fundraising, you know, but mostly we're using our own capital. And um, I think that right now what has to happen is really um, we have to band together because mm -hmm. what, we're, what we're seeing is that the government is not bailing out. And I don't even wanna call them small black businesses because what the government classifies as small businesses like for me, I don't fall into that category. You know, right. I'm more like a micro business, you know, compared right. to, you know, those small businesses. And so what I've seen is that, you know, um, for instance, We Buy Black and Shea Moisture just gave away, you know, a, a, a bunch of money to small black businesses, you know, um, and I'm not sure how that all worked out, but, but I know that those businesses were very grateful. That was grant money, you know, not loans that they're going to have to pay back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take kind of like um, industry leaders like We Buy Black and, you know, other um, Shea Moisture, other black industry leaders, you know, to actually, you know, get that funding together and distribute it in the best way to black businesses. Black businesses also have to, you know, um, be able to, you know, have access to that information to even know that those programs are even happening and um you know put in the work to you know actually apply for those grants and stuff but you know that's what i'm seeing uh i think some of our you know leadership went to went to uh washington and asked for you know a certain amount that was uh like 10 million dollars um in the stimulus <laughs> that to cover black businesses and what it ended up doing is like <laughs> giving like four dollars to each black business <laughs> It's like a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was very disappointing to read that. I'm like, well, what did they? What did they even waste their time going there for? For you know. Yeah, um, when you think about the amount of businesses that actually, you know, black amount of black-owned businesses, it, it, it's a joke. But um, I like what you said about you know banding together because not only can we look to different organizations, um, different uh, philanthropic efforts, or you know those, that grant money for people who are successful to kind of pay it forward and reach back to help pull some of those black-owned businesses out of this troubling time. The other thing that we can do is really you know be intentional about supporting black-owned businesses um, as as patrons, as customers, and consumers uh, because they really rely on that revenue to, to keep themselves going. So um, I know Black on DC had today, Takeout Tuesday, um, where you highlight, you know, Black owned restaurants within and, you know, give people that information. I think that's, for me, that was one of the biggest challenges is actually knowing who and what, what options I have, you know? Mm -hmm. and then there weren't a lot of budding networks at, you know, I guess some years ago um, to try to point you in the right direction. So, you know, mm -hmm. how do you get in contact with these black owned businesses in the, you know, greater DMV area? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that um, because we have to support black businesses, um, you know, and, it, and not just us, everybody should support black businesses because black people make great, whether it's food, clothing, beauty and healthcare products, holistic medicines, black people make great, amazing products. So everybody should really support you know, black businesses, but, um, but yes, 
it's it's not something that we're conditioned to do naturally we're conditioned to support the businesses that market to us around the clock nonstop, <laughs> and um you know or the the businesses we see when we drive down down the street you know or you know amazon whomever um but what i do is i go follow all of these businesses i follow them on social i google them you know i spent the last year and a half just researching black businesses restaurants um uh fashion and retailers drew, drew people who make jewelry artists um i i follow them and it's it's a great because i'm always inspired i stay inspired you know mm -hmm. like black people continue to amaze me you know with the the products the creativity you know the swag like i don't know if you guys been seeing like <laughs> on social media but like even the ads are like crazy out of this world people are really like tapping into their creativity but um but it's not super super difficult today to buy black and um i hope that you know we can talk about you know those different avenues absolutely let's get into it so what okay. what different avenues are we discussing because i think for me if i can find a black owned grocery store um, uh -huh. that'll be a game changer that's a hard way <laughs> that's a hard one but but it's not impossible um so I know in the DMV specifically, there's Brown's Market. It's not a grocery store per se, um, but you can get you can get some groceries there. It's mostly like vegan foods. Mm -hmm. So um, and but it's a, also a lot of herbs, a lot of like you know um, essential oils, you know different kinds of medicines. They always carry in you know uh, coconut water, alkaline water, the stuff that's really like really good for you. Um, that's what, that's when I go to Brown's when I'm like, okay, now I need, you know, my good stuff, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as like fruits and vegetables, produce, um, things like that, you know, you have to really, you do have to do a little bit more research to find those, um, probably farmer markets, um, people who are actually having, um, community gardens and growing those foods. You most likely won't find in your community a black owned grocery store. Um, mm -hmm. I know that that's something that they were trying to do in Georgia and uh, they were fundraising for it for quite a while. And um, uh, I don't know, cause you know, Corona happened and everything kind of just like went mm -hmm. up in the air, but, but yeah, that's, that's a difficult one. Groceries is a little bit harder. And uh, that's another thing that we struggle with because we've never had access to uh, the tools or the, the means to actually like in the, in the last couple of decades to start our own grocery stores. That's mm -hmm. not something that's been real, super, you know, realistic for, for us. You know, um, like I said, uh, you know, We Buy Black, I think they were fundraising to do it you know, because they saw the importance of it, but it wasn't something that they were just able to get a loan tickets, you know, and, and go do, you know, mm -hmm. they had to actually bring in the community to do that. So that that's one is difficult finding a black owned grocery store, but I would say for people to look into farmers markets. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the DMV, definitely Brown's market. And there was another one in Anacostia, um, but in the Anacostia Arts Center, but that closed down. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna switch directions a little bit uh -huh. um, and kind of get from you your sentiment 
on how it is as a, a black entrepreneur. Um, we have several of them on the podcast right now, mm-hmm. but your patronism, you know, your business, how, how is it for you as a black entrepreneur? Um, so, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> when I was in the wedding industry, it was a little different. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in the wedding industry, actually, I had a mix of clientele. Mm-hmm white, Asian, black. Um, and what I found in the wedding industry was that um, other people support black businesses. As long as it's, uh, they feel like it's affordable, you know, and uh, worth it, they'll support. Um, but what I found is that who is supporting your business determines how you're marketing. So, because you want to market to your target client. Um, So for me, I felt like I was having to more so cater to other than black people when I was in the wedding industry, because those are, those are the people who have the most money to spend on a wedding. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, um, I didn't necessarily like that. I wanted to do something, um, do something for my people. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to um, also collaborate more with my people, work more with my people. And so I, I changed gears and, you know, did Black owned DC. And now I'm like 99% of my clientele is Black. And I love it because I can completely be myself in my business. I don't have to tiptoe around nobody. I don't have to watch what I say, you know. It's mm-hmm. like if I'm talking, you know, I'm talking to my people, you know, some are dressed up as I, you know, as I do. And I love that. I love being a black business owner that 99% of my clientele is black. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does it mean that I'm super successful? <laughs> you know, business is business. I'm still having a grind every single day. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, get up no days off. You know, I'm always, you know, either scheduling my social media, checking my email, you know, responding to, you know, different people. People call me all the time asking me random you know, do you know a black, black business that does this, you know, and I try to get that from that information, because that's, I think it's important, you know, so it's still, it's still an uphill battle being a black entrepreneur, I don't have, you know, uh, a pool of money, you know, to pull from, I'm funding my own business, you know, as mm-hmm. I go, I haven't did a whole lot of, um, I apply for pitch competitions, but I don't know how well, <laughs> you know, it looks to certain, you know, because I I did apply to some, you know, uh, I would say, you know, less black, you know, organizations, you know, for pitch competitions, just to see, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, if the money is there, I'm going to apply for it. Right. Um, I haven't received any funding <laughs> for my business. And I'm not saying that that's discrimination or anything. It could just be that, you know, they don't think I'm in the place where I, I'm supposed to be to be applying for funding. But, you know, but it's, it's, to me, it's, any business, anybody running a business is difficult, mm-hmm. you know, it's difficult and it's hard work, but to me, it's super rewarding to do what I'm doing now. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. I agree. I think, um, the, the culture aspect of it is pretty huge, um, uh, for us, especially with Scythe and all of the other, like beyond extracts and all of that all of the other businesses and the ventures and stuff we have going on, being able to interact with a lot of like minds to kind of help push 
that forward. I think it's um we're at a point now where we're we're coming into a lot more of those cooperative efforts. Like we just mm-hmm. what well, we're in the midst of putting together a cooperative type of group um right now. And everybody's focus is, you know, like education and empowerment, you know, getting people to understand or getting our people to understand the power that we have and then providing them the resources and education to wield it. Uh, So when you're in this black entrepreneurial space and then you start, you know, networking and finding yourself in the midst of like minds, it is very inspiring. And you spoke to it earlier, uh, the creativity. My God, we are so great you know, as a people, like every, a lot of the stuff that we see, like we are culture, you know, I say it all all the time, um, but it's very, very true in how we, we set standards throughout, you know, culture everywhere and anywhere. Uh, So it's it's a a really, even though it's very tough, um, that's one thing I do want to talk to you about is like, how do you stay motivated in that space when it becomes very tough um, as a a black and then being woman on, on top of that? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm hustling for my future family you know? and my current family, <laughs> you know, you already know, you know, but so, so a lot of people think, you know, black women just want to be bosses. We just want to be leading. We just want to be business owners. But a lot of the times we need the money, <laughs> you know, we need, we realize we need a second stream of income, you know, and we don't always want to answer to somebody else. You know, not just black women, black people in general, you know, people in general, you know, you're always going to have like, I feel like a percentage of the population who's going to want to be their own boss, who feels like they have a vision, they have leadership, they have the skills that it takes to operate their own business, you know, and so for me, you know, what keeps me motivated every day is just the thought of even spending my life working for somebody else. You know, the thought of my children watching me, you know, slave, you know, for, for somebody else, you know, now there are situations where, you know, people are employed and it's a great situation, but I feel like as a black woman, that is, that is not always the case, you know, sometimes um, it's toxic and sometimes it's hostile. And so I always want to create the best kind of, you know, whether it's a work situation, you know, home situation, I want to create the best space environment for me to thrive as a person. And so that's what keeps me motivated is just knowing that, you know, I'm controlling my destiny. I'm controlling the people that, you know, are in my space, you know, who I'm giving my energy to, who I'm receiving energy from. You know, to me, those things are very important. And so that's definitely like probably my number one motivation. Are you familiar with uh, the 2053 um, and how most experts say that the uh, net wealth amongst the black community will be reaching zero dollars? It's projected to reach zero dollars in 2053. Yeah, I, I did read that um, a couple of years ago. Knowing that, you know, what sense of purpose or, you know, what, what impact does that have on you? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like for anybody, that's like, if, if you don't feel like it's urgent now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, because, because the thing is, that's going to, that's a statistic, you know, but mm-hmm. every black person is not going to fall into that. Right. You know, it's what you're doing right now, you know, for your family, 
you know, for, you know, like for, for your name, you know, it's like, which, what are you doing right now? You know, cause you don't want to be at zero, you know, none of us want to be at, at zero, you know, well, my, I don't plan on my children, <laughs> you know, ever, ever even knowing that that's a possibility, you know? And so, yeah, I think that just creates a sense of urgency and it makes me, you know, feel good about what I'm doing. It makes me feel good every time I support a black entrepreneur. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't, who knows, who knows where their business is going to go, who knows if they're going to acquire wealth through it, but at least today, I'm, you know, I'm helping them to survive, you know, feed their family, you know, and vice versa. Yeah, you're helping them survive, you're helping them, you know, grow their business, foster jobs in places where jobs might not be the most attainable, mm -hmm. especially for people that look like us, you know, you hold you hold other other companies accountable when you divest your dollars into these larger corporations and you know they might not have the most equitable practices but you put those dollars into the right. black community into those black businesses who actually care um, right. about you know their their social impact i mean right. there's one one business that i go to in baltimore all the time and i was surprised um, because i didn't even know it existed <clears throat> and this excuse me well after, you know, Chris was finished dental school and it's right down the street and it's Landa Kush, the restaurant, the vegan restaurant. Yeah, you always tell like, me about that. It's like every time I'm in Baltimore, I have to go now because one, the food is good, but because when I walk in there, you know, they have, you know, they're, they're employing the community. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's right. good food. And then in the midst of a community that's surrounded by Popeyes and McDonald's and Burger King and stuff, you actually have somewhere where you can get good food for your body. You know what I'm saying? That's going to actually feel, that's going to help you uh, keep your health and wellness together, not, you know, destroy you from the inside. Absolutely. So Absolutely. When, you, when you're supporting these businesses and I, I wish they could create another location closer to me. Right. <laughs> so I don't have to go 30 minutes, right. but they could expand. So like, it's, it's just, uh, it's so much bigger than just, you know, um, you know, I don't know, just the, the smaller footprint. Like it has, the, the impact is so much further reaching. Right. And, and it, even for like, you know, Nia and Kellen, you know, you take them mm -hmm. there, they see all these black people running this business, you know, like mm -hmm. that's like kids got to see that, you know, representation matters, you know, they have to know that that's possible, you know, that, it, you know. Legacy, Legacy. Legacy. Well, fellas, you know what I'm saying? Don't let me take all the airtime. You know, if y'all want to jump in at any point, you know, we can, we can do that. I was going to jump in, but you know, you were doing such a smooth job. I didn't want to you know, jump, step in and break the flow. But uh, Jacqueline, I would love to, the story of where, how you got to Black-owned DC was um, amazing. But for those people who um, are at that point where they're trying to figure out what to do next, they're looking at, I want to do this website, I want to connect with people. Talk about that. Talk about how you decided Black-owned DC, one as a name, um, and then talk about how you started to make the connection as you went out and started to build your website, build the community um, for it to work. Right. Uh, so the name Black on DC, I was actually um, specific, like really just thinking about like analytics. Unlike you know the most you know searched term for Black owned businesses is Black owned. So I wanted that in the name. I wanted to easily populate, you know, on search engines. And then I was living in DC. I was, um, I started out mostly just promoting DC businesses. 
Um, and then I actually moved to Prince George County to stay with my parents for a little bit. And um, I realized like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, Prince George County is a gold mine of black businesses. Uh -huh. Like in really good black businesses, you know, especially like the restaurants, you know, and uh, the fashion brands and the artistry and all of that. And so um, I expanded to Prince George. And then I was like, you know, I, I grew up in Virginia. I was born in New York, but I grew up in Virginia. And so I had to put, you know, put Virginia and, you know, the DMV operates as a whole. <laughs> so, um, um, and I'm still working on, you know, expanding more into Virginia. Um, but there are definitely less black owned businesses in Virginia than in DC and Maryland. But I think that, that that'll change over time too. But yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. As they as DC starts to uh, you know continues to increase their their cost of living, that uh that swing moves to those other areas. So you're gonna yeah. see Maryland and Virginia start to pick up, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully when you're going there because the prices aren't too crazy to purchase or rent, um but they're actually investing in building in where they live, right? Hire somebody else. But um, as I go through the website, I was playing with it while you were talking, trying to go through it. How is an end user use the website how do we as as consumers use your website right so um what i like what i do is i send out um a newsletter um every week um actually i send them out a couple of times a week and i give people kind of like uh triggers so like uh brett was talking about takeout tuesday so on Tuesday, you'll get an email from me if you're a user, we'll get an email every day and it'll say, hey, we're challenging you to uh, take out from a black owned restaurant every Tuesday. Uh -huh. And, you know, they know that they can click the link and it'll take them right there. But if you were new to the website and you did want to participate in Takeout Tuesday, um, you could just go to listings. Um, and it'll bring up different categories, um, and eat is one of them. If you click on eat, it'll take you to all the black owned restaurants in DC, Maryland, and Virginia, uh, that are listed on the site. Um, also you can get there off of the homepage. If you just, uh, scroll down a little bit, it'll bring up the categories and you can click eat. The directory focuses on restaurants, retailers, events, and experiences. Um, so those are the three main categories and, um, pretty much from the drop down menu, you can get to, um, any of the listings and then you can use the category filter to search for specific listings. Say you wanted just to bring up vegan restaurants, you can click, um, on the subcategory vegan and it'll pull up all of the restaurants that are classified under vegan. Um, uh, right now, a lot of the restaurants are just doing delivery and takeout. So those are filters that I use often in the links that I send out. So it's already pre-filtered for you. So once you click on that link, it'll bring up all of the black-owned restaurants that are currently doing delivery and takeout. Awesome. Yeah. And there's, there's some other features um, as well. I'll be really quick. Um, you can view news articles. Mm -hmm. There's a community forum on there. So I posted a lot of uh, COVID-19 topics on the community forum just to get people thinking about how we can work together to combat coronavirus um, in our communities um, and uh, there's also you know you can if you're a user 
you can list the business, you can publish an article, um, you can publish a classifieds. Uh, so say you're trying to get rid of something, you want to sell something, you're trying to hire somebody. Um, there's a lot of functionality and, and capability within the, the site. Um, the main features that I promote are the, um, the listings, the restaurants, the retailers, you know, because I do want black businesses to get the support. Um, that's the main focus, but the website does the, it does a, a lot actually. It's a very functional tool to use as a community. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. And so if you Google black owned DC, you it'll definitely be one of the first things that pops up. But what is the, the actual website tag for, for everybody? www.blackowneddc.com. Easy, easy. And where can they follow you at on social media, black owned DC? Where, where can they get you? They can follow me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash black owned DC or on Instagram at underscore B-O-D-C. There it is, man. Before I go to Faison for his corner and fresh for the fresh ovation slash fresh take slash whatever fresh event we got going on. I don't know. It's been a few weeks. Uh, I do want to remind people that the support is major for black owned businesses. One case in point, I almost forgot, but I saw Ben's Chili Bowl uh, on TV a couple of days ago, and they were one of the one of those small black-owned businesses that I don't believe were able to get the first round of funding from that payroll protection or those small business loans. However, the community band together and like just flooded them with orders, uh, takeout orders, and everything. And they were just talking about how much that support helped them. It's helping them weather this storm. So if you for whatever reason, think that it doesn't matter that much. It absolutely does. And those businesses, the core components of, uh, of our communities, they definitely appreciate it. So that's just one example. Uh, who wants to, who, who, who's up first? Fresh, Fresh Ovation? What you got, man? Still um, Yeah, I know. Uh, just a test. This is just a test. Um, first off, while I'm blessed to, you know, while I am an amazing DJ, if I do say so myself, uh, you know, support your DJs out there as, you know, DJing is not my main source of income, thankfully. Um, however, you know, there are a lot of DJs out there right now who are struggling because there is really no place to, for them to DJ and don't get it twisted. Everybody is not D-nice. So um, live is not popping like that. So by any means necessary, even if it means trying to ship them some, some food or something like that, like make sure to show some love to all the DJs you know out there, uh, support them, hit up their cash app, all that other good stuff. But, you know, also support all black owned businesses as usual. You know how we do up here on the 13th floor. With that said, getting to this week's fresh ovation, um, you know, at, as we continue to talk about these times of quarantine, a lot of us are, are spending a lot of time with ourselves, getting to know ourselves better. So in that, I feel the power of the present moment. I am intensely and effortlessly present. In this very present moment, I am very happy and satisfied. All my power is in the present moment. All that I desire in my life is created right now. There is no future. There is only the present. I am one with the universe. My spirit is alive. Every experience I have touches my soul. I complete as I, I am complete as I am. 
So again, in these times of quarantine, think about knowing and understanding that even though you feel that you are in the confines of your home, that you know you have all the time and opportunity to grow into anything you want to be. I saw a, a very interesting meme today that talked about um, now is a restart. All of your mistakes of the past, in a sense, are, you know, reset on the, the life that we used to live. Like, there's a new normal that's, that has become present now. And so take this opportunity to push yourself forward in all of those things that you uh, didn't take advantage of previously. That's it. It's preservation. Throw it over to Art, Doc. Art, you got it. Art's corner, what's happening? Um, so... This week, I want to talk about, you know, we kind of went through the PPP, and, and I get to see both sides of the picture. Um, working for a large corporation, I saw um, it, when it when it came out. I saw the, the ownership teams that received their first round of funding, and I also saw people who kind of laid back and had too much pride and think that I don't need this loan. So the question to yourself is, um, and I kind of might go deeper into that, is it's not always about you as a business owner and what you think is right. It's about people who you're employing. Um, there was opportunity for a lot more people to get that loan when they first rolled out. The first 48 hours is just um, to 64 hours or maybe that time frame that came out, um, there was no movement. The website was crashing. People got applications, people got things put in. They decided to wait. And then once the waiting came in, you know, the big boys, the big lawyers obviously got the big funding of the process. Um, but I need us as people to um, get our stuff together and not wait on someone else to give us the files we need. A lot of those PPP loans didn't come through because someone was waiting for their accountant to give numbers or do this after it came out or because they, they saw someone else get their loan, oh, I'm gonna apply for mine now. Well, that was already too late. It hasn't happened at the same time or when it's going forward. And there was not, there was no shortage of information out there. I mean, you went anywhere, was talking about how to do it, where to get it from, how to approve it a lot. There's so much stuff there. And I also helped forward things out to people. And um, it's shocking to see that people still um, haven't received it or not on a list for the next funding, next go round. Um, and they're still thinking, well, no, I don't need that. I don't want that loan on my, on my books. Um, but it's not, even if you can't reopen, open your store, open your shop, it's not about you. It's the comfortability of having that loan back. But now let's think about on the opposite end, people who are getting it and are misusing it completely. These loans are not for, I'm going to buy this, get this loan. I'm going to buy all the product I need in my store. I'm going to do this, get it going you're going to get stuck with that high payback loan after one year. These are not, there's two different versions. The PPP one is a one year payback and it can be um, deferred, sorry, it can be forgiven if it's used for employment. You have the proper records to show that process. 25, 25% for utilities and rent. People are misusing that and they're gonna get caught hard later on thinking it's free money. There's always stipulations to free money. You got to understand and read everything thoroughly and vet it properly because um, when that one year comes and you pulled out $200,000 for this loan, you're going to be paying back about $15,000 a month to pay that back. And no one's thinking about that back end section of it. 
because they think, oh, it's a loan. It's not a hardcore 30-year mortgage or loan process. This is high payback. And you can't transfer that to anywhere else. So those who are out there, and if you're listening now, please, or if you know someone who's gotten this loan, please tell them to make sure they're using it properly and they're tracking it. Open a separate bank account and put that money in there and pull bills out from there. So that when time comes and you're being, and you get asked to prove where the money came from, you can completely and totally say, here's all the funds for that account. Here is the, the ledger that I use is all for us, get reimbursed with it. Don't mix it up with your regular account because it's gonna bite you in the back end. So I can share information with anybody. I'm learning a lot dealing with this every day and seeing it. Protect yourself, make sure you guys are good. Share with your family, friends, people on here, people are listening, you have doctors, you have um, engineers, people who have employees, tell them to read the fine print and then read below that fine print on the, on the amendments because that's where you see all the actual writing on the wall that might get stuck. So um, right now everyone's living high and living on credit cards and, and I fear for, you know, when six months we're back working again and all of a sudden the credit card payments start coming through and these loans come through because it's going to be tough. So keep, it, keep in mind yourself, live below your means so you can succeed above your means later on. That's all I'll leave that on. I have a question, um, and it's kind of the strategy of those loans. So um, we were discussing um, different ways to utilize the, I don't know if it was PP or another loan, but strategically to grow the business, because uh, we talk about how access to capital is difficult for Black-owned businesses. Um, but if you had access to a larger chunk of money that would allow you to expand and bring on more business after COVID, um, is it worth the, the risk in some, in some instances? It's worth the risk if you're in a business that will provide funds in the future. If you're in a startup, then no, because what's going to happen is you're going to be still in a startup phase and you're not going to have any income coming in. So if you're in a business where you're like, hey, I can use this, because remember, they're using this information and they're pulling it off your records you had before. So prior to February, what was your payroll records? What, what did you, mm -hmm. your monthly pulling? So if you're like, oh yeah, I did these numbers. I did $20,000 in employee payment, but you didn't do that. And now you're trying to say, well, I will get that later on. They're going to pull back those two years of records and say, well, you hired these people, which is great, but you didn't have anything before then. So now you owe this money uh, for us. And if you, you don't have the funds to pay back that loan, which is good. I mean, it is. It truly is a loan. If you know you're going to have the access to that capital that will then give you back that money, the payments plus profit for yourself, then yeah. But you're putting yourself in a hole already thinking that what if or when this happens. Um, it's just tough. It's like getting a loan to buy stocks and you think, oh, stock could be great. And then all of a sudden it doesn't do as well. Now you're stuck with that loan and, you're, and you lose money on stocks. You got to figure out that, that same path forward. So there's other ways. There's grants. There's other options you have out there. But um, and there's other loans. There's two loans you can get. There's one that's 30-year payback, and then there's one that's a, the one-year payback. If you want to do that process, go for the 30-year payback that has a small payback for you for yourself and a, a repayment process, and you can use that for that. Yes, that's great. But if you're just literally saying, I want to, I have my business when it starts up again, when I open up in, let's say, May 13th, I'll go back to business, it'll be back booming, and I'll have the money to pay this off before the year comes in, do your thing. But if you can't say that to yourself and you don't have the records and the books approve that process, knowing that businesses will start back slow at 50% before it goes up to the higher amount, then don't do it.
Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you, you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Vimeo, YouTube, each and every week. Make sure you go out and support Black-owned DC if you're in the DMV area. Uh, Jackie, I definitely, well, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show and uh, spreading the knowledge and getting Black-owned DC out there. We're going to do everything we can to support. Um, yes. And we'll have you back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me, asking me all these great questions. And I'm here. So anytime you guys want to chop it up, let me know. Dope. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best. But the, and the furniture isn't always the best. But the views, they are amazing. 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 Amazing